Hello and welcome to Fast Talks. My name is Mikko Tomala. Uh, I'm the marketing director of Fastums and the host of this show. Today in the studio we have two very interesting guys. Uh, one of our sales directors, Esa Karppi. Hello. And one of our product managers, Teemu Pekka Ahonen. Oh, hi Mikko. And hi Esa. Hello. So, would you guys introduce yourselves in the beginning so the listeners know who, who, who there is right now in the studio? Okay, my name is Esa Karppi. I have been at Fastems uh, now 11 years and some months uh, working mainly with the service. So existing customers uh, started in a technical support, heading the team and, and then in the spare parts and and uh, then heading our service. And now two, three years in sales, uh, selling to our existing customers, different kind of solutions that help them to to keep the systems running. Yes. Well, what do you do as a, besides the automation profession? You get your free timer. Yeah, I, I have a house, or and and uh, I like uh, do all kind of uh, carpeting and renovating stuff. So actually, yesterday I was working outside whole whole day and almost burned my nose in the yeah, yeah, in the yeah. spring sun. Spring sun is dangerous. And, and then I like boating go also <laughs> on the lakes. So that's also another way to burn your nose. Yeah, that's <laughs> in true. the summer times. That's true. How about you, Teemu Pekka? Yes, yeah, so um, yeah, um, I've been at Fastems for 14 years this spring, and uh, yeah, started from mechanical engineer as a summer trainee, and then uh, slightly uh, moved towards um, uh, sales support functionality in the industrial robotics, and uh, then uh, been doing the product management tasks for different uh, robot products in like for 10 years or so. Yes, and you've been in Germany. Yes. Yeah, for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, there was also a nice little uh, uh, streak uh, of of uh, five years in Germany. So that was a really nice trip as yes, well. Yes, yes. And Esa has been, you have been working in the UK sales mm-hmm. quite a bit during the last year. Yeah, I have yeah. been uh, in, in UK uh, going going uh, through customers. And uh, and now, of course, we, we just uh, hired a new new sales manager there and, and I have been supporting him as well. Yeah, yeah. So, lots of experience today here. I'm really excited. And and the topic for today is top five factory automation moots. So I'm I'm sure with this this level of expertise, you guys have been you have encountered some of these moots, and and we've been distilling out the most interesting ones uh, for for the listeners today. So there are five of them. And let's begin. One of my favorites is this one. Uh, let's begin with this. I don't need automation because my utilization is already good enough. So, Esa or Teemu, Pekka, who wants to go first? Okay, What I do can, you think about this? Yeah, I can start. By, I'm uh, meeting a lot of our existing customers and and uh, they are, let's say, top top of their class uh, in, in machining workshops. Uh, it's quite often, however, that uh, that uh, when we ask that what's your utilization, they They start talking about shift patterns and yes. and uh, what's the feeling of the utilization. So actually, quite seldomly, it's actually measured. So it's mm-hmm. amazingly seldomly. And and then on the other hand, if it's measured, uh, the measurements might not be available. So what do you mean? So basically, mm-hmm. it is measured. They know that it's measured, but uh, they don't know what's the results. Oh, so so that happens as well. Okay. So I, I think the utilization, and then the next question is that uh, to which you compare? Yeah. Is it 24 hours a day, or is it like a two shift or one shift utilization? So then you get the high percentage, but uh, 
but then if you work only nine hours a day so yeah. then yeah. then you lose uh, quite many hours in a in a day yeah. So, yeah. yeah and talking about utilization uh we're talking about machine tools right yeah there it is yeah 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 that's another thing that, that in a way the machine is running that what is actually what it is doing so that's that's also in a way thing that uh, sometimes there is a uh, customers work with the batches yeah. so so they they run 50 products yeah. they might need four yeah. and and they they in a way put the rest 56 uh, 46 in the in the storage uh, waiting for for an order yeah. yeah so that you have a lot of capital tied up in the inventory mm. so it's not a yeah. very optimal situation in that sense yeah what's your feeling back around this well i think that there's a lot of kind of processes that that they're tracking there's the manual setup times and uh, unexpected changes in the production environment and a lot of reasons that contribute into this efficiency of the machine tools and they're used in a very colorful ways in the customers how they calculate yeah. it yeah, yeah. That, if you it. if you take an unautomated machine tool and you do the hard math what is the typical utilization rate of those machines So maybe somewhere thirty percent or so. Thirty yeah. percent, yeah. 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 Out of say, out of what? Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah. But uh, if if we look at the total time, two shifts or three shifts, even forty uh, five would be a great achievement, I would say. Yeah. Uh, some say immediately that it's closer to twenty percent, actually. So so it's it's not that high. So world full world world full of um, machines which are not so much utilized. Yes. So there's a time of setups, all kinds of missing resources, um, and and then the, the nights, weekends, mm. holidays, maintenance, maintenance. You take that out, mm. and then you end mm. up somewhere at tops, forty-five. Mm. Yeah. yeah, or closer that, to twenty-four. Yeah. Like as I already said, that yeah. is a good result. That's yeah. a good result. Yeah. That's yeah. a good result for a manual machine. Yeah, so that I don't need automation because my utilization is already good enough. Without automation, that doesn't seem to really hold ground. Well, I I think that it's it's kind of also a choice that that uh, that you, you choose that you can choose that okay if, if it's good enough for you. But there's a lot to tap into with the automation. I think yes, yeah. but then it, it's it's a myth that I don't need automation yeah. because it's, yeah. it's good enough. It's not yeah. it's not maybe good. It, it might be yeah. that it's not even known. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, affecting the, the the investment calculations, of course. That, so that if if you have a good utilization or you think you have, uh, then then in a way, the what what the automation can bring, because typically the customers who are running with with automated machines, they run with uh, with eighty percent utilization of yeah. the machines, and and that's that's of course if you think that you can achieve sixty or something. Without automation, then of course the investment, the gain, it's still maybe twenty percent. In reality, it might be forty percent, fifty percent. Yes. Let's still go back to the question of uh, what do we compare this to? When we say utilization is thirty percent, or, or or you mentioned with automation, it can be sixty, seventy, eighty percent, even more than that. Yeah. Compared yeah. to what exactly? Yeah. Usually, uh, the customers, it's it's uh, taken for granted that then then we compare to twenty four hours a day. So eight, uh, seven, 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 sixty hours a year. So, so it's it's uh, it's the total hours that you have in the use because you you can still run in a one or two shifts and then unmanned production yes. during the night time and the weekends. So that's that's quite often in in the investment calculations that needs to be taken into account. Yes. 
So it sounds like that with unautomated machine tools, you end up somewhere 25, 30%. And well, if that's good enough, then it is. But <laughs> but automation surely can bring more there. And, and, the, and the argument that I don't need it because my utilization is already good enough seems not to hold so much ground. Mm. Um, anything else on this you want to add on? No, I think we, we yeah. covered yeah, it, the, I, yeah, that. Bit. Yeah. So I, I think the, the first any thing, examples yeah, for yeah. I think the first thing what what should be done is is to measure it really. Yeah. And uh, of course there are many ways to measure it. So one one way is is to uh, uh, set up an automation system because usually those systems are measuring those by default the utilization. So you get accurate measurement as a side effect. But of course there are a lot of ways to measure it even pen and paper is a good way to measure make make observations but it's it's critical to start to know where you are yes that's that's really good takeaway key takeaway just measure it somehow okay so that's that's the first one but moving on this this second one somewhat builds on top of the first one which goes like this that i don't have enough production volumes for automation I don't have enough production volumes for automation. It's not for me. Mm. This is really interesting because uh, we we hear that a lot, I think, in, in different kind of situations like exhibitions and uh, conversations with the customers. And But in the end, we have actually customers who have surprisingly low batch sizes. Mm. So coming from one to five, for example, or starting as low as that with automation. So it's, it depends, of course, on the situation, but there's a lot of opportunity in automation also for the small batch and it's getting better day by day yeah yeah typically when you see see videos about automated production it's it's uh, it's for example a robot doing a repetitive task and yeah. clearly you can see from there that tag time is some seconds and you can assume that uh, you make millions of products per yeah. year yes. with that kind of system but uh, the thing now nowadays we we actually our our uh, let's say point where we have started is always have been the flexible automation yeah, so customers, yeah. our our customers typically don't have mass production they might have repeatedly batch production but uh, nowadays when when um, uh, the, the software and uh, control functions have been developed a lot it's it's uh, you can have a batch size of one even and that can be automated so economically yes yes and also the, the the hardware that enables this has also been going to a more flexibility oriented direction for a, quite some time now, maybe five years or so. That has been kind of on the radar of yeah. of many of the suppliers that how to increase the flexibility also of the hardware components. And then when you add the software components in there, then you have a lot of opportunity to yeah. investigate yeah. into how smaller does, batches. Yeah. How does that look like uh, in the robotic field? You mentioned small batches, robotic, and the technologies you mentioned. Well, I, I think key enablers. Well, I, I think a couple of, of very very interesting things have been that that uh, to make it easier to use for the operator to to make the changeover from batch to another or a product to another very very easy, yeah. very fast. So it's all, these days in many cases this is a matter of minutes. So we're not mm. talking about hours. So yeah. you, you maybe so, you change the chuck jaws and then you set mm. up the gripper and you mm. can even program new parts in mm. five minutes. So you then, are referring now to parametric programming yes, rather for than... For example, as a technological yeah. detail. 
Yeah. That we, instead of typing hours on the robot teach pendant, you're actually doing it with a handful of parameters, even with some visual cues, mm-hmm. and you're done in five minutes. It's yeah. very easy. Uh, for the listeners, so we, we're going to argue that that um, nowadays production volumes uh, lowest as uh, brad charges lowest one to five um, can be automated uh, economically. How come? How is that possible? Just could you elaborate that? The well, like RSI. Yeah. How, how is it possible? Well, I think the speed of transitioning from one product to another is a one one player or a factor in that. If we really seek for something where you can start from. But it is also when we're talking about repeating batching, mm. production of repeating batches of of sizes of one to five or, or so. It's also on the software that you can plan this, mm. that what kind of is my mix for today and what kind of resources do I need. Yeah. So it also brings mm. that extra twist of of uh, productivity in the game. So it all all about software then. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a like a dance together with the hardware as well so yeah. all of it, it's a big puzzle that's a combination that, that, that the pieces have to fit together yeah. sure but yeah, it's do. important enabler so one one other thing is is that uh, uh, the the machines or or setups might not be uh, the ones which are dictating uh, the batch sizes but uh, it might be your your production control so there are more and more let's say intelligent more integrated uh, production control methods that you can actually run really small batches through your production in an efficient way. Yeah. And it will be based on presumably customer orders. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Create so, the optimum flow. So you don't end up producing the extra 45 pieces to stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. because yeah. you want to make yeah. optimize, op- optimize the Optimize the setup of the machine. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. we had one, one customer case actually. They, they are producing, they have roughly 50 different raw materials and they produce 80, 80 end <clears throat> products out of those 50. And, um, and basically they, they were running now the batches were 50 to 120. Yeah. And actually the product requires two. Oh. And, and they make highly, highly specialized uh, products. And, and basically, of course, they have a huge stock. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. It, it is also a benefit that you can basically, if there is a demand for such a product again, then you can deliver it from stock. Sure. But if there's not, you you end up tying millions of of euros in your stock. Yeah. And we we did did a proposal for that company and actually made also a simulation that uh, what if you would run only two at a time? So basically, just eliminating the stock. And so so basically, that that system still still got like 65% utilization of the machine, even if you put a huge number of setups there. Yeah. As a, as a kind of exchange of the storage yeah. yeah and that two batches two that was uh what was required at that moment right well actually uh, i think the the customer is is uh, we we then had a, let's say more kind of not so radical scenario like 20 yeah and that was in a way more like yeah th- this could be done but of yeah, course okay. it, it was really interesting to see see the reactions that uh, actually this this is also possible yeah. with the current tools and and production controls so that uh, you can you can manufacture totally based on the need yeah yeah that's that's of course the goal the end of the day sounds like this one is is quite busted so not having enough production volumes in most of the cases now very good argument not to automate moving on to next one which is rather short is this automation is difficult is it yeah so this is a very good question that is is it difficult but i think it's a 
it's not difficult per se. It's just the it's different. So you you have to learn one or the other new skill, yeah. but in the end you will learn to exist with your automation machine yeah. machinery as well. Yeah. So uh, like like we discussed uh, earlier, it's like it's like tennis. So or any other sport that you most likely don't begin as the champion, but when you have the right tools and right right yeah. trainers, yeah. you kind of can evolve into yeah. being a champion. Yeah. So like basically anyone can learn play tennis with good health, just yeah. and a racket and a ball, you can. Well, yeah, yeah. some coaching, yes, yes, yeah. yes, or at least yeah. you you have the possibility to evolve into yeah. mm. a good so, player. Yeah, I think in a way um, it it changes certainly the way how you work. Yeah, you are more sure. let's say monitoring the process, developing the pro- process further, uh, uh, optimizing uh, your programming and so on. So your work is total, uh, in a way different. Uh, compared to, in a way, uh, lifting objects to a machine and back. So, of course, I, I think quite many persons that uh, that uh, can make this kind of selection in their career, they would go for this kind of more, let's say, high-end uh, working with the programming, monitoring and, and process development. We had one one customer in UK we visited and, and uh, they have uh, embraced automation quite quite much uh, lately. And uh, they said they, they still have, the let's say, the old way of doing things. Yes. They have uh, purchased a lot of automation as well. Yeah. And they, they say that they, they see uh, kind of a, a little bit of division uh, inside the, the factory, that there are some, let's say, old timers which enjoy the old way of doing, yeah. which is more manual. Yeah. And then there's a growing number of guys who, who want to work with the new automation solutions because then the work is, is let's say, more, more uh, flexible. Yeah. You, you have time to, to take the coffee and, and so on. You are not tied to the machine so much. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in that, that workshop, they, they said that uh, what, what used to take weeks now takes uh, less than two days. To manufacture. Wow. wow, that's something. So they, they got a really big leap in productivity. Yeah. And this happens in, in big and small companies, right? Yeah, both. Yeah. 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 And also that we were earlier already discussing about this uh, parametric programming as an example. I, I think this is a very good example also into this, that, that you don't have to be an automation expert to utilize the devices. You yeah. you need a, maybe a little bit different skill set. Mm-hmm. So. You, of course, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah. but in the end, when you do, it is very easy. The user interfaces are really graphical yeah. these days. Yeah. They guide the operators. What value are you putting in, and so yeah. So sure, yeah. that's a very powerful yeah. technology. Yeah, we had another customer in, in Netherlands, uh, actually in Belgium, and they, they uh, we we delivered the system like ten years ago to there, and and they they had one person who who let's say took ownership of the of the system and that company has been uh, investing more and more to the automation during the years but also we can see that 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 person has developed his his career that uh, he he used to be the operator yep. for, for that yep. certain automation solution and now he's the manufacturing manager of wow. that plant wow so I, i think that it's it's also gives you great opportunities yes well it sounds like also you need the right tools and partners for this So it's like with tennis, you need to have a coach. And yeah. yeah, that's trainer. Yeah, a trainer. All right. So even with this one, I would say it's, it's, it's busted. It's just a new, new set of skills as it's always in life. Things change, but it's not difficult per se. 
Um, next one up in the line is, is goes like this. Automation is only for large enterprises. And this is already something that I hinted before to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you guys respond to this? Well, I, I think that this is a, uh, it's, it's a, this is a, um, let's say, um, well, I, I see a lot of uh, equipment on the market these days that, that they start from rather affordable packages that bring already some productivity gains. So, so they are at the reach of also of the smaller players. So not only automotive lines with hundreds of robots and really, really complex equipment, you can have a nice package with a good user interface and maybe robot and a parametric programming. And so, so you can get, get, get started rather easily these days. So there's a range of solutions that range. Yes. From the enterprise level, but also the very, very beginning. Yes. And, and of course the investment has to pay back. So that's kind of the fundamental of, yeah. of going into the automation naturally so let's take uh from from our experience what are the kind of smallest shops where we have implemented automation with with profitable yeah i heard the smallest was that the, there was a couple working there and and the wife said that she's not anymore working night shift <laughs> so so then so two people then the the, the guy needed to buy some automation so basically, okay, that's an extreme example, but uh, we are working a lot with, with the companies of, of 20 persons, 30 yeah. persons. A couple of millions of revenues yeah. in, in yeah, euros. Yeah, exactly. So there are, of course, like, like Temu said, that uh, there are, uh, let's say, different kind of solutions. Of sure. course, your investment budget might be a bit different yes. uh, compared to which size of the company you are. Yeah. I, I think uh, always you need to have certain individuals who are, uh, starting to embrace new new technologies sure so that's that's not yeah. different are you a small company are you a big company you anyway need the, those catalysts in in your organization yes. Yes. Yeah. That, and, that seek for yeah. this uh, daily improvement that okay yeah. how are we gonna do this because i think many times with the automation when you start to implement that the the the, the next improvement of, of productivity can be seen somewhere else so mm. it kind of shifts yeah. So you put yeah. an automation system in there and then you need kind of notice that, hey, I might need some software tool to manage all of this. And then yeah. you go yeah. into that and then you gain the next ones. Yeah, so it go like, goes like steps. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like the money is not the issue. It's about, uh, so yeah, we have experience of very small automation systems that are profitable and typically work with, with subcontracting companies with only some dozens of people and the skills we already, I think, discussed this in the, in the third myth of, of automation is difficult to mm. some degree that, that mm. yes, requires some skills, but it's not actually, it's not, it, you need to be a rocket scientist to be able to automate your, your factory. Mm. And that, that, yeah. like hinting that on, only big enterprises can mm. afford that kind of people. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you need to have, have enthusiasm and, and you need to sure. start the journey. And whether you are in the small company or in the large or mid-size, you anyway need that enthusiasm yes. to start. Yeah, but the opportunity is there, nevertheless. Definitely. Yeah. And then there's also the integrators that will help you start your journey, like Fastems, for example. Mm. So you don't need to know everything when you start. Yeah, a good, good partners, of course, necessary. Um, then to the fifth one, which goes like this. Automation is risky because it offers a single point of failure. This was one of, one of Esa's favorites, so why, why don't mm. you, Elsa, go and explain yeah. what, what on earth this means? Yeah, basically, if, if you have a, a, a standalone machines in your workshops, uh, you you could think that uh, if you have five machines, 
which are not connected to each other. So, yeah. so you could run run the production flexibly through those. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of a comparison could be an automated system yeah. a line, which which all the five machines are connected somehow yes. together with with the with the let's say material handling or or with the tool handling or with the information systems. So, of course, if you look at that that way, then you might introduce new let's say. Uh, failure points in your system but the, on the other hand when we discussed the first myth that um, what is the utilization what is the availability so so then i think that uh, if you can uh, utilize those machines uh, let's say 98 percent of the time with with almost 80 percent that that anyway uh, leads to a better result than yeah. than non-connected non-automated production so you're yeah. hinting that typically automation systems have a, a, a availability of roughly 98 percent yeah they they are really reliable yeah. nowadays so so yeah and and of course we 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 are there to help our customers support them in in case there are some, some yes. breakdowns yes and even with us the cases mm. that remotely we sold yeah. about 90 percent of the, those cases even when there is some mm. trouble yeah yeah and let's say there are of course those uh, let's say failure points even in the non-automated production you have sick leaves uh, you have uh, machines stopping and and, and so on yeah. resources so, missing yeah so kind of what is defined as a failure point is yeah. is a failure point that point where the operator is not there when he's needed yeah. and yeah. so mm. of course nothing is broken but nothing is also not run or mm. it's not also running so. yeah yeah sounds like this this myth is kind of mm. focusing on the wrong thing and it's like yeah. well yes if you have individual machines and only one breaks down you can still run the rest of them but usually you don't really run those very efficiently mm. so the utilization of those machines is something like tops 30 percent and if you made automation system availability is 98 percent and you, you can get the utilization of 60 or 80 even 90 percent mm. that offers a lot more production capacity yeah. right yeah, and and in the case also that if if you have this automated line of five machines, the control software brings also benefits in these cases. That okay, if the individual machine breaks down, for example, mm. you might be able to reroute the work to the remaining machines and still carry on producing the parts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that happens easily, often. I think yeah. for yeah. various reasons. Yeah. Okay, but not necessarily breakdowns like tools yeah. missing or. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. easier to re- reroute. The yeah. yeah, it's yeah. even and automatic. It, yeah, that's the point, <laughs> that you also Quite save the kind of the hassle yes. from the operator that, yeah. oh, my machine is broken, yeah. so where to go yeah. next then? So yeah. that's a, definitely a benefit of this modern way of, of of producing with automated systems. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite a question that if you have a machine with a 35% utilizations it's it's in a way standing still almost 200 days yeah. per year yeah that's if a you lot think on, on that way yeah, yeah that's uh, a lot yeah then if you compare automated system you might might get some days of of outage per year yeah. but it's still not 200 yes for sure it's so, less than that yeah yes Okay, but sounds like this one is quite wrapped up also, so that it it, it focuses on the wrong thing. Automation mm. is not not really risky, and the single point of failure kind of misses the whole point. But now it's it's time to wrap up this episode. Um, uh, sounds like uh, there are a lot of misconceptions out there mm. in, in in the markets, but uh, I'm glad we got some some of those clarified. Um, to learn more about uh, the world of factory automation, uh, you can uh, study our resources, uh, our other podcasts, our YouTube, or our blog at fastems.com slash blog. 
Now I would like to thank our um, guests today in the studio, Teemu Pekka and Esa. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Mikko Tuomala. Thank you.